the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, well, well. Tonight is Tuesday. Yes, it is a, I don't know, kind of a dreary Tuesday. Um, we're in a, a, a snow a snow drought. And I think it could end. They're saying it might end. Um, I'm looking for it to end. You know, uh, we had a really special guest that we're preparing for. And one of the questions people ask me to ask uh, the special guest, which we'll get to in a moment, was about, you know, people leaving New York. And a lot of people said, well, if you can work remotely, why not work somewhere that's warm all the time? And I will tell you that um, I know people from, from Cali who, like, lived in Santa Barbara and, and you know, L.A., where the weather is typically beautiful. Um, it's not for me. In other words, I love the winter. I love the spring. I love the fall. I love the summer. I love so many things about it. I love the actual temperature. Uh, yesterday, John Esposito and I, my partner, we went for a little walk uh, around 8 o'clock last night. And in January, I don't know, maybe it was like 42, 43 degrees, but it was like that dry air. And I was like, wow, you know what? This is nice. Like, I love this. I don't really want to go outside every day and it's like 75 degrees and sunny because – I like I love steak, but you know I it's not looking what I'm looking at thinking. I love I love I love my mother-in-law's like mezza ricatoni with the filetto de pomodoro, but I'm not looking to eat it every day. So I you know these people who are like, oh, I'm gonna work remotely from North Carolina. I mean, God bless. I'm not I'm that's but that is just not me, and that is not the folks here on the Idala Power Hour where we're gonna have a Power Hour talking about. Joan, who's here, we're going to talk about what, the museum, the Broadway we're museum? We're going to talk with Tom Harris, Times Square Alliance, on Times Square Tuesday. Joan, re- realize now how to talk into the microphone. You saw that, Sam Bellina? I jumped right up. Like I, I, had a lower, I had a lower volume because all of a sudden <laughs> I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting all red signals from her. Try zero. Okay, it's, it's, it's good to know. And then we're having Julie Boardman from Museum of, Bo- of Broadway. What was your favorite Broadway show ever, ever, ever? Lame is. Les Mis. Les, so I would go. Artifacts. I would go. Les Mis, Hamilton, Phantom. Like when you were a little Rent. kid, though, those weren't around when you were a bit like a child. Well, when I was a little kid, I mean, I saw Annie, which was great, oh my gosh, with Andrea McArdle. I mean, no I saw way. we. Uh, I saw the King and I with Yul Brenner. You saw Yul Brenner. You look kind of like Yul Brenner. T- yeah, like I'll, a ta- hot Yul Brenner. I'll, I'll take a Yul Brenner. I'll, t- yeah. I'll take a, a, a Yul. Samalina, do you have any idea who Yul Brenner is? 
I'm not familiar too much with his body well, of well, work. Just, just Google. Yeah, we got to see how handsome he is. The guy was a handsome SOB, man. I would take Yul Brenner over Telly, Telly Savalas any day of the week. <laughs> I love Yul um, But but as so a kid, those are my things. What are your favorite Broadway shows? So the very first thing I no, no, I'm not asking. I'm not Broadway. asking when you were a little girl. I'm asking now. Well, the Rockettes. I saw the Rockettes. The Rockettes. Oh, Jiminy show, Crickets. I, Sam Molino, could you please play? You please play her theme song. <laughs> please, I need it right now. <laughs> Again, one more time. Let's go with a trifecta. One more. Let's go with one more. Okay. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. When you ask somebody, what is your favorite Broadway show? I tell you a story. Is the appropriate... No, it's your answer. No one says the Rockettes. I don't think anyone says the Rockettes. Sam Bellino, am I wrong about that? No, you're not. And my favorite Broadway musical is Talking to the Mic, Joan. Hey, Matt. Uh, <laughs> Joan, besides the Rockettes. We're going to have a little fight tonight, aren't jo- we, Matt? Jo- Matt, I mean, Joan, besides, <laughs> besides the Rockettes, what is your favorite Broadway show? My, I think... Les Mis is tops. I saw it in You're just London. saying that because I said that. It's like no, my six-year-old no. son. What I do you want to be when you grow it. up? The first kid, Nate says a cop, and then everyone else says I want to be a police officer. No, Go I ahead. saw it in London with um, my two besties um, that unfortunately passed in Flight 103, Lynn and Colleen. Oh, so I have great... No, it's a good memory. Okay, It's a okay. fabulous memory. Okie dokie. And okay. remember we talked about this with Tom? Yes. Okay, Joan. The, uh, Joan. chandeliers are named. Joan, you asked me my favorite shows. I rattled off four. <laughs> Could you rattle off four? I'm a little more boisterous. Can you rattle right? off four? Verbiage. Yes, I can. Chorus line. Go ahead. That's Les great. Miz. That's great. I loved six. I've seen it twice so far. About to do three. And, oh gosh. Okay. Cats. Then Cats. I loved Cats. It was magical. I don't know how many people love Cats. I mean, it was on forever. It had one great song. but It I don't know, like... took you to a different place when you were watching it. You weren't in... Right. As long as you were eating those funny mushrooms, you were in a different <laughs> place. Um, so something that, that is a little near and dear to my legal heart is it popped up uh, about two hours ago. It says, Prince Andrew accuser Virginia Jufre signs memoir deal worth millions. Mm. Virginia Giuffre is publishing her memoir a year after agreeing to a multi-million dollar settlement with Prince Andrew in her sex abuse lawsuit against the royal. Uh, so we here's have a the, little bit of a, a direct connection. Yeah, it said. Let's right see. There. It was reported that the late Queen Elizabeth's second son, who lost his title uh, and all public duties after after it was alleged he had sex with Giuffre when she was seventeen thinks he has a shot after Jufre recently dropped her lawsuit against lawyer Alan Dershowitz in which she accused him of sexual abuse. So that was the case that I handled um, and where she admitted that, quote, she may have made a mistake. Um, so it's a big mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a mistake you just don't make when you're, you're claiming you had um, sex with a very distinct individual multiple times in various locations. But um, she is not allowed to uh, talk about anything about Professor Dershowitz. Um, and I'm not really going to talk about anything about Virginia Giuffre, except that this is a headline. And she's um, going to write a book that, I don't know, it's probably going to be more of a novel than nonfiction. But, uh, you know, she already got a ton of money. And if I was her, I would probably just shut up and um, just go on living my life in Australia but I think there are people who, once they get that taste of the spotlight, once they get that taste of fame, once they get that taste of, like, the cameras are following me, they just can't give it up. Mm-hmm. 
they just need to do and say whatever they want, whatever they need to, to have that spotlight on them. And as my grandfather said many years ago to me, fame is a bunch of empty noise. So I don't know. We'll see how many people buy her book. You know, they did this big movie about Harvey Weinstein called She Said based on the book. And it bombed because everyone's getting fatigued. Do you know what's faded out there, Joni? Time's up. Time's up. How do you know that, Arthur? Um, I read about it. Did in the, somebody send you that link? Yeah, but I read about it. Time's Up is out. So the Tell, tell the I people who are listening, what is Time's Up? So Time's Up was a movement that was started, and it was a nonprofit that was started to help women who wanted to bring forth a lawsuit with funding for those lawsuits so that they could have their voices heard. The problem with it, I, believe me, I believe in the Me Too movement, but the problem with it was that there was discretionary um, I don't even know how to say it there was uh, there were certain women that weren't allowed to do certain things because of a political affiliation or who they were bringing a suit against so Time's Up had major issues through its five years and there was issues about the money and there the was distribution issues where of the, the money. money was using how was it was being used and who was running the organization who they used to work with politically could have been someone very high in power. Um, I'm not going to quote the Vogue article, but if you go and you look up Times Out, Times Up Vogue article, it, I had issues with it because what it does for me, Arthur, and if you want my opinion on this is, you're going to get it, is those women who have real issues may not get heard because of women bringing suits that then want to write a book about it. And I, I have friends who I know who really would come to you and want a lawsuit civilly or criminally against someone who may not get heard because there are so many other people bringing suits for whatever other well, there's, reasons. Well, so the there's news a today lot of issues I have with is, uh Mike Tyson is getting sued for an incident that happened in 1990. 1990. I was a first-year law student. How do you defend this is the issue. Is how, do how you remember how what happened? Well, exactly? How do you defend what took place in 1990? I mean, who has a diary or a, or any kind of logbook about where you were or what you did and how you know this person? So you know, somebody accuses you of something, and you know you didn't do it. So there's no doubt in your mind you didn't do it. But this person is saying you did do it. Now, this may have been a person whose company you were in. This may have been a person who you did go on a date with, or you did go to a bar with, or you did have a rest- go, go to a restaurant with, but you know you did not have any kind of sexual contact with them at all, but they're saying that you did because you're a person with a lot of money. Or word against theirs. And how are you supposed to defend yourself? You remember any witnesses you were with? Can you go back and say, oh, wait a minute, I know I was out that night with Joe, so I'll just call Joe and Joe can yeah, but testify. but we didn't have cell phones. No, I we know. Didn't have photos that, well, or that's anything well, that, that. that's my point about how do you defend yourself? So, um, you know, this whole thing with Virginia Jufre and and now uh, she's writing a book. Uh, Pomerantz is writing a book with Joe Tacopina is coming after him, saying you better not write this book about what took place in Trump world in, in the, the the DA's office. It's just crazy stuff in the news. And then there's this horrible story about this young girl, this pretty, pretty young girl who was raped and then killed. Yuck. We got to find some good news, and we will will. when we talk to our friend Tom from Times Square and we talk about the Museum of Broadway. We'll be right back.
People use the cliche, my dog is a member of the family, but it's a cliche for a reason. And the Prager dogs are no exception. Sue and I love our dogs. They're a daily source of entertainment, comfort, and fun. We love arriving home greeted by Otto and Snoopy's excitement. So we want them as healthy as possible for as long as possible, which reminds me of another cliche, you are what you eat. That's why we do add a supplement to their food. We choose rough greens so they are in our lives for many years to come. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, the Rough Greens founder, teaches dog food is dead food, resulting in low energy, itching, bad breath, digestive problems. Don't change your dog's food, just sprinkle on Rough Greens. It's the right vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, and omega oils dogs need. Dr. Black is so confident in Rough Greens, he offers a free jumpstart trial bag. Just handle shipping. Roughgreens.com, that's R-U-F-F greens.com. So remember when you were young and tough and doing hundreds of push-ups and you thought you were invincible? Well, you know what? You're not. And when we're healthy and we're feeling great like I am right now, we think we don't need a power of attorney. We don't need a healthcare proxy. We think we could worry about that when we're older or we become sick. And guess what? Nothing can be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or healthcare proxy. What happens then? Who do you think steps in? The courts... The state government, they're going to make the choices that you want to make? Come on, you don't want that to happen. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a healthcare proxy as soon as you can when you are healthy. So, how do you do that? Very simple. You call our friends at Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know their stuff because they've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. So, for a free in person initial consultation, With a lawyer, call 718-238-6500, Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hello, this is John Leventhal. I am a partner in the law firm of Idala Bertuna, and Kamins. I have been a lawyer for 43 years, including 13 years as a trial judge and 13 years as an appellate judge. I have presided over almost every kind of civil and criminal case, and I have seen litigants facing almost every legal problem you can imagine. What is the most important thing for a litigant to do? It is to obtain the right lawyer, someone with the ability to navigate you through the court system and achieve the best possible outcome. At Idala Bertuna and Cammons, that is what we offer. When I was on the bench, Idala Bertuna and Cammons earned the reputation of being the boutique law firm that fights passionately for their clients in the most professional manner in both civil and criminal cases. I am proud to be a member of the Idala Bertuna and Cammons law firm, where our lawyers will give you the powerful representation you all deserve. Now, we're not talking about the weather. Sambolino, what are we talking about? 
So today, back in 1976, this song Hurricane started a five-week run, number one on the U.S. chart. This is his 17th studio album, Desires, where it's from. The album features Hurricane, and the song protests the conviction of former middleweight boxer Ruben Hurricane Carter for triple murder in 1966, arguing his innocence. And who played uh, Ruben Hurricane Carter in the movie? I believe that was... Mm-hmm. On, Denzel Joey. Washington. I, I knew it was Denzel, but it was like a little, you know, You've got a lot thing. of back, boxing background, too. Yeah, I'm a, so I, got a little, like I got a little boxing background. Let me just allude to the one story that I read today that had nothing to do with New York, but it crushed me because the young lady is, is God forbid, I don't even want to say it, but resembles what my daughter may look like 17 years from now. Um, a Louisiana State and LSU sorority member was um, raped and dumped on the side of the road and then hit by a car and killed. Wow. I mean, you know, and we had a case on court today where there was a fatal accident. Our client was the driver and he killed someone he knew in the car accident. Um, it is just terrifying stuff really 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 terrifying i mean if you look at pictures of madison brooks 19 years old a sophomore at louisiana state university if you see these pictures of this young woman she i mean she looks like a miss america model i mean she's just the all-american blonde hair blue eye just beauty and she's gone they've arrested four people um and in the rape and homicide of this young lady but to her family, like, who cares? I mean, of course they care, but she's gone. Madison Brooks is gone, and wow, it's just, I mean, there's pictures of her skiing, and it's just, she's just a regular old, you know, regular, she's just a regularly young, beautiful college student who was just a, um, obviously, the the apple of her family's eye, and um, she, she drank too much. I mean, she was, they, you know, they took her blood alcohol level and it was very, very high. And if I'm going to fess up and fall on my sword, this morning we were driving Arthur to school and Marianne was explaining to her son um, that she had court this morning and that she was going to court on a case where someone was in a car and killed somebody. And Arthur said, very astutely, well, mom wasn't in an accident. This is a six-year-old boy in first grade. Well, mom wasn't in just an accident. Why is he going to jail? And uh, Marianne went on to tell him the truth, which was, well, he was drinking alcohol, and um, the evidence is that if he was not drinking alcohol and he was sober, 100% sober, he would have been able to avoid the accident, and that young woman would be alive today. Um and Marion wound up getting a, I mean, this young man is going to jail. It was a very dramatic scene in the courtroom. The family of the, um, the deceased young woman entered the courtroom all wearing T-shirts with her face on it. It was a, pre, a predisposed plea that the family had gone along with. But this is the sentencing and this is what's, you know, the final part of this for the deceased family and, and for the defendants. And they knew each other. It's not like he killed a stranger. It was just really, really heart-wrenching. And I will tell you, before we get to Tom Harris, who as a, in his capacity as a police officer, I'm sure has saw, saw plenty of incidents caused by intoxication. 
Marianne then went on to tell Arthur, the six-year-old, that there's no reason why he ever needs to drink any alcohol. <laughs> and there's, he could just have water and orange juice for the rest of his life. And everything will be fine. And he'll enjoy his life. And even though I was kind of snickering under my breath, I have to admit there is a lot of truth to what she said. Um, I have handled in my... 30 years, both as a prosecutor and as a defense attorney, several cases um, where alcohol was the main culprit. One that I will never forget with a young man who got into a fight and wound up killing someone with his own fist. And he was a young, he, was a, he didn't kill someone. He seriously injured them and put them in the hospital. But uh, he wound up doing a decade. He was young, young kid. He was like 19. And I'll never forget the kid looking at me through the bars and saying, Mr. Idala, alcohol is a really bad drug. Alcohol is a really, really bad drug. And of the thousands of cases I've handled now, that is one of the few that really stands out. So um, with that uplifting tale, uh, <laughs> let's talk about something that's a little bit more uplifting. But when we talk to Tom Harris, the president of the Times Square Alliance, we're also talking to someone who rose to the level of inspector at the NYPD, who is no stranger to law enforcement and crime and keeping people safe. So, uh, Tom Harris, happy Tuesday here in New York City. How's Times Square doing? Times Square is doing great. Happy Times Square Tuesday to you and to everyone at the station um yeah, so does it get really empty now tom i mean because i could tell you like right now it's uh 6 and i'm looking out the window at 45th and 5th 44th and 5th and if you go back two weeks ago you know the week between maybe it's almost three weeks now the week between christmas and new year's i mean the streets were packed you couldn't even walk in the streets people were walking in where the, the park car area is so does times i mean times square is a unique environment does it empty out or does it stay full so if just under 300,000 people a day is empty, then yes, it's a little bit emptier than it was in December, but we still have a lot going on in Times Square. And there's a lot going on this month and in February in Times Square that we, we, we can talk about. It was like 360 or something like that, wasn't it, in, uh, in the, the peak of December? So, so pre-pandemic, we were 365,000. We were around the 330 mark during december it's down a little bit under 300 now but that's still a significant amount of 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 people every day and uh and and there's a lot to take advantage of i mean i can't imagine i can't imagine there being thirty thousand more people than there were uh this particular (laughs) holiday season because this holiday season i mean it was it was jammed down here it was packed. It, it, it is amazing. New York City's back. Times Square is back. And I think this holiday season proved it for a lot of the naysayers. Um, I passed by the um, the mermaid place that you were talking about. Is it like an oyster right. bar? The Mermaid Inn. The Mermaid, mermaid Inn? Yeah. yeah. Tell me what that's all about. So uh, it's the third project by a la carte. Um, it's a partnership with the folks that were in the Mermaid Inn in the upper Upper West Side, and it's a great establishment, great new establishment in Times Square, and I invite everyone to. It's really to big, check right? It out. I mean, I, the the storefront seems enormous. So it is. It's huge. I'm not sure of the capacity, but it's one of the bigger restaurants in Times Square, and I believe it's getting bigger. I don't think that the the construction is 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 fully done. They're going to open up another section. All right, um, Tom, well, before we let you go, how's the crime situation? 
So crime is good. We had, um, well, crime is never good, but, but I think we have a handle on it in Times Square. Uh, last week we had the, um, the, the Manhattan Chamber of Commerce had an anti-crime summit that was attended by the district attorney in Manhattan, by Catherine Garcia from the state. Mayor Adams was there, Chief Madry from the police department, a state senator and a state assembly member. And we had a frank discussion about crime. And it was it was it was um, it, it was affirming to what we all know. The Siena poll yesterday that showed that 93 percent think that crime in New York state is a serious problem and we need to take that poll and put it into action and we need to call our elected officials in this budget cycle and make sure that they do the right thing and and uh put put some some um uh, do some changes to the to the um criminal justice act with discovery and with with bail and also we need to get more services for those with mental illness so everyone should do something and call your state senator, call your state assembly member. Well, thank you very much. So it's, we, we still got to push in Albany, and uh, uh, I'm assuming all of these new police officers down in Times Square that you've been, that have come your way, have uh, helped out a lot? They've helped out a lot, and the police department is doing everything that they can. Mayor Adams is doing everything that, that he can. Um, we need our elected officials to do everything that they can, and we will go back to those 2018 crime numbers and move forward with protecting the rights of all. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. We are going to leave you, and we're going to take a quick break. And then to stay on the theme of a Times Square Tuesday, there's a, there's a museum that opened up, right, Joan? What's it called? Museum of Broadway. Okay. So, And we're going to talk to... The Julie Boardman, one of the co-founders. All right. So we're going to hear about what's going on in Broadway. We have a little Broadway. It's a little Tuesday. We could, you know, keep things a little light after I talked about death and destruction and my son not drinking alcohol except for, well, no alcohol. We're just doing water and orange juice. So don't go away. And we're going to come back and you'll hear about the Museum of Broadway in Times Square. All right, coming up tonight at 7 o'clock, it's all about travel with that goddess of travel herself, Linda Perillo. She knows everything about everything about the travel. And we'll also feature Mike Gallagher from AM 970, The Answer, talking travel to Israel, travel to Italy. That's all tonight at 7. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn's signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. So let us talk about my friends at Plaza College, because they actually hooked me up today. I needed a transcription, a very important transcription for one of our important guests who's coming up in the next day or so. It's up to Sam Bellino as to whether we're going to drop this. Sam Bellino, are you a little excited about the big guest? Yeah, I, was, I thought it was a really well done and well prepared interview, and it helped uh, immensely to have a representative here from Plaza College. Yeah, and so we will sometime later tonight. We will have the transcript. That's I will tell you when you try a case and then you get the transcript. 
when you read the transcript, it's a very different experience than when you're actually standing there and asking the questions. Um, so there's a part of me. Uh, excuse me, right. John. You don't hear both sides. What do you mean? You don't you're, you're talking when you're in court, but then you get now you're getting to read what the other people say. You're well, listening, but like, am I allowed to correct you? Of no? course. It's actually more important to listen to what the other people say than what you're actually saying. Right, and so then you're. So like, I'm actually when I read the transcripts yeah. that that the folks who went to Plaza College to study transcription write. I'm more intrigued, actually, by what I say. I remember more about what they said because that's what I'm focusing on. I know what's going to come out of my mouth. I know the questions I want to ask based on listening to them. But then when I read it, I'm like, did I say that? <laughs> or I asked the question that way? I should ask it differently. So I'm much more self-critical. Um, but you could be in the mix. You could be in the mix of the law um, and other areas where transcription is needed. The area is court reporting, court reporting and captioners. And those are people who make transcripts. They are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. And the NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. So come on, folks. It's the beginning of the year. Make a little career change. Go for it. 16 months will fly by. Bang it out. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So pick out your little phone, get your thumbs going, and send an email to info at plazacollege.edu. Info at P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Want more of AM970 The Answer and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for breaking news, what's coming up on the radio, thoughts from our hosts, deals from our advertisers, and more. Our handle is at AM970 The Answer. Come on, tweet with us. Listen to us online at AM970TheAnswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Starting you up, starting you up, Tuesday night, 634, New York City, January the 24th. And um, we had a big interview today that we put in the, what would you say, assembly, put in a can? It's in the can, and it's, it's the sitting can. there until we decide on what we would do with it. Yeah, Sam Bellino's got to, you know, he's got to work his magic. He'll take out a couple of the ums and the ahs, and I'm showing you how the sausage is made here at AM 970, The Answer. Sam Bellino is like, he's the equivalent of one of those filters that they do on Instagram, right? Yep. Is, that, is. is that appropriate? Yes. <laughs> sure. Hey, it's not a bad thing to be, right? No, I mean, no, the, I guess the not. the Kardashians billionaires by using those filters, correct? That is correct, and I will definitely make it sound superb. So, like, how long do you think we should keep it? Like, you think anyone's guessing who the guest is? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Politics? I, I think you named Not currently a few out of shows ago. Did who I? it could be, yes. All right, all right. Well, it was someone who I was very pleased to meet and spend time with, and that's not what you want to do. Of course, I that's definitely oh, my goodness. I know it's only Tuesday, but I feel like a couple of libations were sucked yeah. down earlier no, before the show. No, it, that's just Joan when she gets excited and starts playing with the equipment. I play with the equipment. I want to talk. Yeah, that's okay. It is Joan. National Compliment Day, though. 
So, okay, John, you, you can, know, you did a great I, I, job today, Arthur. Okay, you, you've, you've been done a great job for the past year, but do me a favor, just don't touch the equipment. <laughs> Could you imagine if Al Gatula was here and she touched the equipment? I'm sitting in his chair and my blood vessels are ready to burst. Wait, I thought you didn't sit in his chair. Oh, no, I sit in his chair because the wheel broke on the other one. Oh, uh-huh. not as good too long. No, you sit in his chair. Uh, he will when he comes in tomorrow morning. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's talk to our next best, our next guest, who's very special because, you know, there's certain things you just take for granted. Like this is why I do not gamble. Um, because if I was gambling and someone said, "Is there a, a museum for Broadway you know, somewhere in New York City?" I'd be like, "Of course, Are you, of, of course there is." However, the Museum of Broadway is the first ever permanent. Museum dedicated to the story history, storied history, and legendary artistry of Broadway. The highly anticipated museum opened its doors in November in the heart of Times Square and has already seen visitors from all over the world. The museum highlights over 500 individual productions from the 1700s. Yes, Joan, that's when you were a little girl, 1700s <laughs> until the present, and includes a one-of-a-kind exhibit, quote, The Making of a Broadway show, which honors the community of brilliant professionals, both on stage and off, who bring Broadway productions to life every night. Very cool. Julie Boardman, a two-time Tony Award-winning producer, is one of the co-founders of the museum. Welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour, Julie Boardman. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this is so special. I mean, it really is. It's really, really, really so special. But since I'm in the mode of doing, like, hard-hitting interviews, let me ask Julie Boardman, a two-time Tony Award-winning producer, on a very personal level, like, what are your top two, three, four favorite Broadway shows of all time? For you personally, not that you think other people should think should be their, <laughs> their favorites. Um, yeah, that's, that's such a hard question. Um, I've grown up performing, you know, in theater since I was five and just have always had it around me. So, um, and then in my late twenties started on the producing end, um, of Broadway. So I have so many that are really well, different. Julie, you're, you're, you're vamping right now, Julie. In other words, you're stalling. I mean, if this was like Jeopardy, you know, you have to just, you know, there is a buzzer and there's a time thing and there is really no wrong answer. So, I mean, you know, you could just say, you know, whatever you want. You say West Side Story or, or you could say, you know, you could say uh, the big Monty, the full Monty. I mean, you know, the anything you want. Yeah, no, there are so many. Um, one of the things for the museum is very much being Switzerland, um, you know, and liking everything. But um, You're allowed to you like everything. I'm just saying if, if you – if. <laughs> You know, I, I, you know, I just interviewed a, a, a major politician uh, and I asked him a lot of hard questions. Julie, I didn't think the hardest question I was going to ask the whole day was to ask the founder, one of the founders of the, the Museum of Broadway, what is one of two of her favorite Broadway shows? <laughs> well, the first Broadway show that I was a co-producer on was An American in Paris. So that'll always have a very special place in my heart. Um and other shows that I've been involved in that I've um, really just, you know, really matter. And I think the arts matter so much um, in Beesman, The Inheritance. Those are just a couple that I was involved in. But of all time, it's a very hard question, I think. Um, okay. I think well, time is definitely up there. How about, how about, the, how about yeah. the first? Do you remember the first, like, one or two that, you know, you, you remember that? That you know, I really had an imp- 
Yeah, they're like, yeah. Like I yeah. saw Annie, I saw Annie with And Andrew McCardle. I yeah. saw The King of I with you yeah. Brenner. So is there wow. anything that really pops out in your mind that like, whoa, yeah, well, I remember seeing that and it was amazing? Yeah, my first trip to New York, I grew up in Southern California and knew I always wanted to end up in New York because when I was five, I did a production of The Sound of Music um, oh. in my like local theater. Um, and so when I was 10, all I wanted for my birthday was to come to New York and to see Broadway shows. And so we ended up, my parents, um, brother and I, we ended up seeing Cats, which is... Well, which is, which is Joni. That, jo yeah. That's on Joni's list of her favorites. So no yeah. wonder why you're, you're, you're so then, polite. You grew up in Southern yeah. California, so you're not like us brash, nasty New Yorkers. Okay. Yeah. Didn't well, cats I also, transport I you, Julie? Yeah, it really did. It was, you know, it was just so imaginative in the way that it was done. Um, on that same trip, I saw Jolly's Last Jam oh, and Falsettos. So it was a very eclectic mix of shows. I would Can say. I ask you um, um, what your Tony Awards were for? Um, yeah, it, it was for The Inheritance oh, I love and that. the most recent revival of Company. Oh. I saw that, the recent one. Yeah. You did a great job with that show. So tell us a little bit about the museum. Just walk us through it if you can. You know, theater, theater of the mind here on the radio. So... Tell us what we would see if we were uh, if we had a video camera on. Yeah, so we are, you know, just steps away from Times Square on 45th Street. We're right next door to the oldest continuously operating theater for Broadway, the Lyceum. And you actually enter and exit through the gift shop that's playing, of course, all Broadway music. Um, it's, it, we have even artifacts in that room. We have the chandeliers from the, Natasha Pierre comet of 1812 are actually our like lighting in the gift shop so the actual ones that were used for Broadway and we've got lots of um, sequins and neon and it's very you know uh, we, we definitely like to lean into the fun and the neon in the gift shop says we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us and that actually ends up being a lot of the message at the heart of when you're walking through the timeline of Broadway um you know, I think that had people not pioneered and broken ground and taken risks as the art form was developing and continues to develop, we wouldn't have the theater that we have today. And so if you look at the history through that perspective, um, a lot of the pioneers and groundbreaking people um, and shows actually come to the forefront. So it's it's, um, you know, very much go, as you're walking through keeping that to mind. Does the theater... Um... Uh, mark things shows that are still that are on Broadway right now, like uh, you know, the Neil Diamond show, A Beautiful Noise, and Hamilton. Is the the theater like up to current events, or is it you know stopping? Yeah, it is. is it, okay. Yeah. So you first start. You go through this kind of backstage feel. Most people don't know a lot about what it looks like backstage, um, and so they learn kind of like some fun facts about dressing rooms and things. And, and like wigs and all, all of the kind of the backstage magic quick changes and all of that as you are coming in. Um, and then the first kind of room that you come into is, we call it the Playbill Room, and it's everything that's currently running on Broadway that day. A lot of people know the big titles that have been around for a very long time, like Phantom of the Opera, The Lion King, um, The Wicked, you know, these major shows. 
they don't realize that there's actually 41 Broadway theaters. And depending on like what you like, you can find something, you know, you may find a, a limited run of, you know, a play or new play or revival, you know, it, there's kind of something for everyone on Broadway. So is there anything that you don't have? Everyone. Is there anything you don't have in the museum that like, you know, I wish we could get our hands on like, you know, the way in, uh, you know, the way in the Smithsonian, they have Judy Garland's, you know, red slip, red you know, ruby slippers from uh, <laughs> The Wizard of Oz. So is there something like, you know, we would like to have the chandelier from Phantom of the Opera when it closes. It has a run. certain name. <laughs> <laughs> they all have their own names. Well, yeah, that, that chandelier is very large. So we had a conversation with the team about it, actually, but I don't think, um, I don't think it would end up fitting for right now. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, we've got a really wonderful, um, you know, array of different costumes and props and set models and artifacts. Um, you you said the Smithsonian, there's something that they have that I'd love to display for a little while, which is just Andre de Shield, um, his costume from the Wiz. That would be pretty cool. We don't have that. Uh, He's Um, on down, he's on down the road. I, right. I think it'd be pretty cool to see Audrey McDonald's costume from Brad Time or, you know, Julie, like, it's, you know, um, I gotta jump, I gotta jump to a commercial. Yeah. Just tell me how, um, tell me how the, like the best people, the way, the best way people can access, or get into the museum. Yeah. Um, so you go on our website, themuseumofbroadway.com and then you'll have information, um, our hours, tickets, and um, how you can find us and also follow us on social and be part of the journey. All right. There you have it. Julie Boardman, the co-founder of the Museum of Broadway, two-time Tony Award winner from South Southern California. Thank you for joining us here on the Idola Power Hour. And I will definitely walk, be walking right up the street since we're on 45th and 6th, so we're not far away. And we'll come pay yeah, you guys a visit. So close. Congratulations. Yeah, great. Yeah, we have an amazing array of stuff, so I can't wait for you to see it. Well, we will be there. I, I, my mom is going to go crazy. She's going to call me right after the show. We've got to go. we got to go. So. I'll go with Chicky Rita. Oh, you, you go with Chicky. I'm Chick. taking Chicky Rita. We'll meet you there, Julie. All right. Amazing. We are going to take a uh, quick break here on the Idola Power Hour at 645 on a Tuesday night in New York City. We'll be right back. And um, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about Phantom of the Opera fading out. Ciao. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins. Suffering an injury in an accident can be a life-changing experience. Whether you've been involved in a car accident, a construction site accident, a slip and fall, or injured because of someone else's negligence, we can help. Our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you are owed. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you have been injured because of someone else's negligence, you have legal rights and may be entitled to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you.
Are you fed up with hair loss or weak, brittle hair? Invite Health would like to introduce you to Hair Enhance HX. This powerful bioactive formula targets the root causes of hair loss, like stress, hormone imbalance, and nutritional deficiencies, packed with clinically studied nutrients shown to increase hair strength and growth. Formulated to target male and female pattern hair loss with amino acids to strengthen hair and promote new hair growth. This comprehensive formula addresses the multiple causes of weak, brittle, and lackluster hair. Take advantage of this limited time offer by one bottle of Hair Enhanced HX as suggested retail and get the second bottle free. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Or go to invitehealth.com and use promo code HAIR. Are you ready to get to the root cause and finally see and feel a difference? Call now, 800-673-2345 for Hair Enhanced HX. What do Perillo Tours and Joni Pelzer have in common? They're both celebrating 78 years. <laughs> 78 years in business for Perillo Tours and oh, 78 wow. years on the planet for Joni Pelzer. <laughs> and how are how's Perillo celebrating? They are celebrating with vacations, Italy. Now, of course, they all started with Italy. Perillo was a household name, really. Mario Perillo, I mean, he was everywhere. TV, radio, everywhere you look, the newspapers. Now they go to Hawaii, Spain, and even Greece. And Greece is spectacular. Join Joe Piscopo on a special Perillo tour to Italy. And I've been there. I've experienced it. It is a blast. B-L-A-S-T. Three nights in Rome. Plenty of time to see the most important sites with these great, great tour guides who know everything and get you in and out as fast as humanly possible. Then they pick a great restaurant, and not only do you have spectacular food, but then Giuseppe Piscopo stands up and belts out some of the greatest Italian songs you'll ever hear. And it is just so much fun. Next, fly to Sicilia, Sicily, for four nights in Taromina with special day trips along the coast, including Siracusa, Savacco, and Forza di Agora. No, no, I think I mispronounced it. Forza di Argo. That's it. Forza di Argo. For sites of actual filming events from the iconic Godfather movie. A wonderful wine tasting at Mount Etna. Now, that's where my family is from, in the town called Bronte, B-R-O-N-T-E, like Charlotte Bronte, the author, where they're known for having great pistachio nuts. So you're going to have a wine tasting at Mount Etna, and then on to Palermo, where my mother's family is from, for three additional nights before flying home. And Palermo is just amazing as well. Amazing! You'll go to Cefalu right on the beach. The, the uh, cathedral in Palermo is beautiful. The museum in Palermo is beautiful. But you know what's going to make you cry in Palermo? The rice balls. <laughs> the rice balls of Palermo. Wow! There's a focaccia there that will just, just bring tears to your eyes. So, don't hesitate. What are you waiting for? Uh, it's the, the tour's not tomorrow. I believe it's going to be in October. They're nailing down the dates. But... The phone number, 1-800-431-1515, 1-800-431-1515, or visit perillotours.com. I had a nighttime routine for my frequent heartburn. I would drink milk, I would sleep upright with more pillows, but that painful burning stayed. 
So I made Prilosec OTC part of my morning routine. With just one pill each morning, Prilosec OTC prevents excess acid production, blocking heartburn day and night. Now I have a new nighttime routine. I call it sleeping. One pill a day, 24 hours, zero heartburn. With Prilosec OTC. It's possible while taking Prilosec OTC. Use as directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The Answer. Okay, Joe. Here comes the drama. Here it comes, I see. So, Sam Bellino, you know why Alex isn't there, is he? He's not. Uh, you know why, like, I don't really love this song that much anymore. I don't either. You know why? Uh, I'm just you know, not into crowd know, participation songs. Well... I am, I am. I, I'm a cheese ball like that. And it was, and the, the Broadway show, if you could go see it, a beautiful noise. It's the Neil Diamond story. It is fantastic. There's no spoil alert here. There's two actors, one playing young Neil and one playing older Neil. And the older Neil kind of just stays on the stage and watches his life. It's it's very very well done. There's only five or six actors, and they're all one is better than the other. They're, I mean. You can't wait to stand up and, and applaud uh, at the end. Uh, and they play the song, I believe, at the end of the first intermission and then the very, very, very second encore. But I do believe, Sam Bellino, you can fact check me on this. I believe they play this at Fenway Park. I believe they do, which is surprising since he's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very Yeah, You know who his classmate was in Brooklyn? I do not. Barbara Streisand. Ah, very cool. He talks about that as well. So I'm going to ask Bar- um, Sam Bellino and, and Joni about their take and their feelings on WhatsApp. Because my friend Frank from Staten Island, he's become a big WhatsApp guy now. So, like, now there's no texting, right? So, oh, no. I not, you know, I'm not a WhatsApp guy. I, I text. I got nothing to hide. I don't need the encryption back and forth. So now to communicate with one of my closest friends now who I communicate on a regular basis with, now I got to go to a different app to communicate. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I'm not having a love affair. I'm not, I have nothing to hide. And I mean, it's not even as secure as he thinks it is. Well, he, he has been, got bitten by the WhatsApp bug. Okay. And from what I hear, uh, you know, when I listen to his show, he's got his whole family on the WhatsApp. And, okay. you know, because he doesn't have an iPhone. So he doesn't oh, have the iMessager right, thing. Right, so right, he right. does the, he refers to them as SMS text messages. Does his family uh, travel a lot? Because a lot no, of people that no, go international. No, no. His, his idea of traveling far is like Cape May. <laughs> like, I'd say, oh, we're going out. Yeah, we're well, going we're, across the water. We're, we're Atlantic going far. City. We're, we're going, yeah. Well, no, Cape May is a little further than Atlantic oh, yeah. City. Atlantic City is like, you know, that's his standard. That's like, you know, so no, there, there's no reason for it. But, you know, I, there are. You, Joan, you are correct. Like my friends from Italy, yeah. yes, they oh, WhatsApp me because I don't believe there's any charges, et cetera, right. et cetera. And when I'm in Italy, I use the WhatsApp because it does save a few shekels. Yes, it does. But um, I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not. The WhatsApp is not my. I thing. don't like it as much as texting. I feel like it's a, one more thing to check. Yeah. Well, but it I is, use it when Marianne picks up my phone to do her audits. Like I don't know, Samalina. Does your wife do any audits on your phone? No, she does not. She can though. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing to hide. So I, every once in a while, I'll be like, Marion, what exactly are you doing? Oh, nothing. But, I, you know, I know what she's doing. She's doing the audit. Well, let me ask you, do you delete text messages? and? Well, they automatically. The, so my, mine, mine don't delete. Mine delete after a year. Oh, okay. So mine, mine are still in there. So I have to go in and clean it up because it takes a lot of space. 
Okay. Um, you know, I always, while I'm on the radio talking to you guys, I always check the news to see if anything's breaking. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, there's Marianne's case. Um, Staten Island man gets two to six years for drunken Gowanus Express, Expressway crash that killed friend. Oh. A drunken, speeding BMW driver will spend two to six years behind bars for killing his friend in a dramatic crash on the Gowanus Expressway in Brooklyn. And um, it goes on to... Sad for very, 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 very sad. And it, I mean, it's a big, pretty long article and talks about, and you can see a picture of how beautiful uh, Karen Diaz was. She was, the pa- she was in the passenger seat. Mm-hmm. You know, these are real just tragedies on, on all sides it. because, you know, this is not an intentional act. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I was a prosecutor, they just started prosecuting uh, people for these crimes. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was an off-duty police officer who's the, by the last name of Gray, who, and I, I know he killed, it was a woman, but I think there may have been, she was, she was either pregnant. I mean, this, I'm talking like 30 years ago. And I remember Joe Petrosino tried the case with uh, Maureen McCormick, and it was a big deal because when you're in the DA's office, you work with police officers all the time. And back in the early 1990s, they really weren't prosecuting people for vehicular homicide. Um, it would be like a plea that like didn't have a lot of jail time, if any jail time. And they took him to trial and it was the first like major conviction where he did I mean, like real time, like 20 years or something. I mean, I'm talking off the top of my head on a 30, probably a 30 year old case or 28 year old case. Um, but that was a, a, it was a headline grabbing case because it was the first time they really started prosecuting um, DWI. So well, Marianne's advice, Marianne's advice to little Arthur, you know, don't drink water and orange juice. Yeah. You know, she, as she says, you see, mommy barely drinks. Well, I'm like your father. Texting. There's no, also sorry. the texting and driving, you know, texting and driving. But driving. I, you know what I think is the worst of all of them? Snoozing and driving. Well, that would Being be exhausted bad. and doing yeah. the long blinks. Sam Bellini, you that's ever do the hard. long blinks? I, I have, and that's when you got to pull over or roll that window down or crank the music up. Start yeah. screaming. I smack myself in the face. It's Loud crazy. Sam Bellino, why don't you tell everyone who uh, we interviewed for a while today? Uh, we had a great interview with former Governor Andrew Cuomo, which should be airing very soon. He was a real gentleman, and we spent a lot of time together. And um, I, we're not exactly sure when we're going to drop it. It's long. Sam Bellino's got to work his magic. I have to say you did a great job, Arthur. Well, we shall see. The, the, the listeners will be the judge. Happy Tuesday night, everybody. We will see you manana. Good luck with Hump Day. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.